Welcome to day 62 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Deuteronomy chapters 26 through 28. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 26 verses 1 through 15 concludes the long section of codes and laws that began back in chapter 12. The codes end with the mandate that the first thing the people should do when they enter the land is to participate in a first fruit offering. And while doing that, they should rehearse their story with that well-known first line from verse 5, my father was a starving or wandering Aramean. In my family, we often tell the history of my grandparents' early married days in ministry. The story goes something like this. When Papa and Nanny Daniels started pastoring their first church in Nebraska, Papa was 19 and Nanny was 18. They lived in the basement of the church and made $5 a week. And even then, they would give the first 10% to God and put the next 10% in savings. I was raised on that story. My children were raised on that story. Their children had better be raised on that story. Because the goal of knowing that story is not only gratitude for what we have now as a family, but it's also meant to instill generosity and gratitude back to God for his faithfulness across these generations. That seems to be the intent here, to rehearse their story and practice gratitude in ways that would make them a generous people, especially to those like them, in need of care and protection. The closing section of the book begins at chapter 26, verse 16. That verse, through chapter 27, verse 10, functions as a kind of transitional statement leading from the codes to a series of blessings and cursings. Notice in this transitional section that the repeated emphasis is on words like today or this moment. There's no ability for the people to delay or take time to reconsider. This new generation must covenant now to move faithfully into God's future for them. The last urgent words of Moses are kind of like the words Joshua will speak to another new generation. Choose this day whom you will serve. Beginning at chapter 27, verse 11, a first set of curses is given. The 12 tribes are gathered and 12 curses are pronounced. There's a wonderful liturgical rhythm to these first curses. The people hear them and then respond together, we agree or amen. As with the codes, these opening curses seem a bit random. However, some scholars think the common thread tying them together is that they are all sins or misdeeds that are done in secret or in private. This ceremony seems to affirm that it's not just the public acts of faithfulness that will give life to the community or bring death if they're acts of unfaithfulness, but it's the personal character-forming acts of individuals as well. Chapter 28 is a lengthy chapter of blessings and curses, The blessings only go on for 14 verses, while the curses make up the other 54. I think it's important to see two key themes in these blessings and curses. The first is what I'll refer to as the grain of the universe. For Israel, the law or the Torah is not random rules, but a a gift describing how to live life well. Israel believes that the universe is a creation with an intended design by the Creator. To live in that pattern given by the law is then to live within the grain of the universe. If we live that way, we can't help but be blessed and have more peaceful lives than we would if we live against the grain. 
Because living contrary to God's creative purposes and design can only bring trouble, brokenness, and a life that feels cursed. However, there is in these blessings and curses a second theme, and that theme is this, that God sees. Not everything we do against the grain of the universe causes problems immediately, and it's not known publicly. However, God does see, and your sins will find you out, or to quote Hosea, those who have sown the wind will reap the whirlwind. The curses are lengthy, random, and frankly awful. It does appear that they do have two sections to them, though. Roughly the first half of the curses are these terrible things that might happen to those who fail to keep covenant. Some of those sound pretty straightforward, like you might build a house, but you won't get to live in it, which I think sounds a little bit like an Alanis Morissette lyric. But others are wild. My favorite is, the Lord will afflict you with Egyptian inflammation, hemorrhoids, rash, and itch, and you will be untreatable, which sounds like the side effects listed at the end of a new medication commercial to me. But rather than thinking about these curses coming straight out of the mouth of God or the warped mind of Moses, it's possible that the first half of this list of curses is actually recounting terrible things that have happened to some of the people in the past. I was sitting around with some of my staff members recently, and they got me telling stories of some of the tragic and terrible things that I've seen happen in the lives of people, sometimes as the consequence of living against the grain of the universe. I won't rehearse those stories for you here because they're sad, and some of you might recognize some of the stories. But I realized at the end of our storytelling time that I had come up with a lengthy list and a whole lot of tragic situations, and most of them would simply not seem strange if we added them to this list from Moses. The second half of the curses clearly have echoes from the later Israelite stories of Ephraim and Judah, the stories of Assyrian conquest and Babylonian exile. If I said to you something like this, because you didn't serve the Lord, your buildings will crumble in an act of terror, your housing values will tumble, your forests will go up in flames, your stock market will crash, you will be afflicted with a pandemic, and every day your news will be filled with acts of mass gun violence. Now, you would not only recognize those events, but perhaps even begin to interpret them not just as random tragedies, but perhaps as part of the consequences of not living within the grain of God's universe, as curses. Now, let me say, that's a risky thing to do, and I don't have the prophetic empowerment to make that claim about those events. But hopefully, in giving you that list, it might help you see the way that those 6th century Judeans might interpret the exile and the things that happened in exile as a consequence of their ancestors' failure to keep covenant, and so they reaped exile as curse. As we will discover when we get to the book of Job, this Deuteronomic vision that if you do good things you get blessed, and if you do bad things you get cursed, may be overly simplistic, but that doesn't make its core truth wrong. God has given his people the law as a gift to help them find the blessed life in harmony with the grain of the universe. There are lots of blessings and curses to get through today, but perhaps add some of your own broken experiences to the list of curses as a kind of confession to God today. And on the other hand, give God thanks for the blessings that have come your way 
because his word and his people have been a source of instruction and therefore goodness for you. And journal your thoughts, your prayers, and your questions, and choose the Lord's path today. Our text for tomorrow are Deuteronomy chapters 29 through 31 and Psalm 26. I'll talk to you tomorrow.